0: how to build the courage to take a leap of faith, the importance of knowing the kind of life that you're trying to avoid, the importance of marrying the process and divorcing the outcome, the three keys to how he got a record-breaking book deal in just over two years, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 485 with global keynote speaker, business and performance coach, and host of the CLS Experience podcast, Craig Siegel. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Now, look, are you somebody who wants to really improve your health, but you're just overwhelmed with all that life is throwing at you? Are you somebody who wants to feel better in their own skin and more confident in their body and be a more positive role model for those around you? If so, then you need to go get access to my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You'll get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all of that for free today when you go to nickcarrier.com. Today I hope you guys are ready because you're going to leave this show on fire because Craig Siegel is going to get you wanting to run through a brick wall. Craig, after building a successful 13-year career on Wall Street, decided that in the middle of COVID, it was time to go off on his own. He was sick of his life and was ready to reinvent himself. I'm excited for you to hear how he did it and then how he, in just over two years, landed a record-breaking book deal. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Craig Siegel. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I'm super fired up to be joined by the one and only Craig Siegel. Craig, my man, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today, bro.
1: My pleasure, buddy. I I like the way you operate. I I dig your vibe. I'm excited to be here. Um, Let's help some people and deliver some awesome value today. Let's rock.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. Well, let's, I want to dive right into you and your story. I think that one of the toughest things that all of us have to do in life is is make big transitions. I actually just recently at the beginning of this year made a transition to go to work for myself full time and leaving a couple of jobs that I had been doing uh, part time and going in and working for myself. And I know that transition for me took some like took some courage and, and it it took a lot of thought behind it and intentionality behind it. I know other people oftentimes have to make big transitions in their life. And the reason why I bring that up is because I know that back in when the pandemic hit, you had a a comfortable job on Wall Street, but then you decided to completely change that and and work for yourself. So talk to us a little bit about kind of how much clarity you had before leaving that job as to what you wanted to do next, because I think that's massive.
1: First and foremost, I want to acknowledge you for your transition. And you said it takes a little bit of courage. Uh, I'm going to say it takes a lot of courage, brother. It, It takes the ability to be bold and brave, And I want to see more people take that leap, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know you are as well. And so I see you and I acknowledge you for that. In regards to your question about me, I actually had no clarity. Long story short, I had a 13-year career on Wall Street. I was making money. I was doing well, or or so I thought. As life taught me, making money doesn't necessarily equal success. And I found myself in a pretty dark place a couple of years back. My best friend, my dad had got diagnosed with cancer. I was just coming out of a toxic relationship. And even though I had my own business, it felt like I was waking up every day and going to a J-O-B. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, it was very unfulfilling to say the least. And make a long story short, I'm not sure if I found running or running found me. I'm very divine these days, but I started running a bunch of marathons, which is really cool and special. But I wasn't looking to become a professional runner. I was just looking for an outlet, an arena to be a gladiator in, to find myself again, to cultivate some confidence. And I started to get a little momentum, but I was still at my job or my business, whatever the case may be. And then fast forward the pandemic, like you would test it through. Bang. Talk about a global awakening. For the first time in my adult life, I didn't have an organized, structured routine. Right, and, and so I looked around and I was very mindful and I saw a lot of people doing a lot of Netflix, specifically the tiger show and a lot of day drinking. And I just had this moment like, that's not gonna be me. I don't know when I'll ever have this moment again where the world kind of stood still, so to speak. So I made myself available to reassess. And just like that, I started to get creative divine downloads. And from studying personal development for so long, I had a strategy and I identified my passion which should be like a ton of bricks It's personal development. I'm obsessed with this stuff. I've been studying it 15 years. And then I asked myself what my gifts are because spoiler alert, we all have them. And as it turns out, I can communicate pretty effectively. I say very humbly, I married those two. I didn't want to be Tony Robbins. I want to be the first Craig Siegel. You never know how something like this will pan out. I had no connections or audience or anything like that. But I knew that the cost of inaction was way too high, brother. And so I started my CLS brand, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, or I play my initials, CLS, Craig Landon Siegel. And over the last two years, again, humbly, it's exploded. One of the top entrepreneurial podcasts on the planet, sponsored by Mark Cuban, speaking all over the world in Portugal in front of 70,000, masterminds, coaching, live events, huge book deal, you name it. Sold the business on Wall Street, and this is it for me in some capacity. And I wanted to give you and your listeners some context, but now I'm gonna hammer home your actual question. I did not have the clarity that this is what I was going to do. It's true, people think this was an overnight success. I want to point out, I had been shaping this version of me for 15 years, but I finally put it together in that moment, at the beginning of lockdown. But here's the kicker, brother. And I think people don't quite see this, but I want to keep it real and raw and authentic. Yes, this whole CLS personal development thing is my assignment, it's my mission, it's my calling but I was even a little bit higher of a percentage, more concerned of not going back and choosing to be miserable with my other life when the lockdown ended. And so I took that and I combined it with this epiphany that personal development is my calling, and I went all in. And that's how we got to where we are today. And I just wanted to give you some context.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's That's so powerful. I think When I coach, so I coach people with their fitness goals. And one of the things that we always start off trying to identify is your motivation in both directions the life that you're trying to avoid and the life that you're trying to work towards. And like, I think you identified both of those with this transition. Is like, I know that I sure as hell don't want to go here. I know what the cost of inaction is going to look like. It looks like misery, but this is what I want to do. I want to do personal development. I want to do communicating. I want to do speaking and things like that. And I think that duality of something that you want to run away from and something that you want to work towards was massive.
1: You nailed it. And it was the perfect blend. And for someone out there that's listening today and they're obviously fired up with mine and your energy and they're thinking, wow, I want to do something different. I know I'm here for something more than I'm currently doing, but I don't know what it is. Maybe just the fact that you acknowledge that you are here for something bigger than you're currently doing is enough to put you in position to be available, to go to an event, to hire a coach, to read a book, to listen to a podcast, to put yourself out there. That's enough. Mm.
0: Yeah. Putting yourself out there. I think one of the massive things that you said was I knew I wanted to make a change. And so I just started running. I started doing a bunch of marathons and the, I love the phrase that you said, I found an arena to be a gladiator in. And I think so many people, so many of us sometimes we know we want to make a change but we're not sure in what arena and so that causes inaction but it's like it doesn't necessarily matter just get the ball rolling just get some momentum like you said and I love that phrase get find an arena that you can be in a gladiator in and get going and then some other stuff is going to reveal itself to you along the way
1: 100% you nailed it brother
0: mm, man that's good that's good so i, I kind of want to still dive back a little bit into a little bit of kind of the, of the decision you talked about how your father had been diagnosed with cancer. You talked about uh, a toxic relationship. Do you feel like you would have been sparked to make a transition if you didn't have these dramatic instances present themselves in your life?
1: That's a great question. And nobody's ever really pinpointed that and asked me that. You know, I think most people in life, when they make a big change, it's usually because they're coming from a place of trauma or hurt or, or they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Usually people don't make big changes when things are great. right? That's that's just the way the world works. Love it or hate it, it's just what it is. For me personally, there was so many toxic things happening for me at one time, and notice how I said for me, because I, I know that life happens for us, not to us. I'm never a victim, I want to be very clear. I take accountability and ownership for allowing myself to get into a dark season, right? And, and not making the tough choices to realize how unhappy I was. But ultimately, a lot of things happening at once helped facilitate me going into a little bit of a tailspin and really get into that dark moment for me to understand that this isn't sustainable and I don't want to go downhill like this. So to answer your question very bluntly, a lot of these things that happened all at the same time helped cultivate the burning desire to want to elevate and change my situation.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. I definitely think that like you said we, we don't necessarily have that burning desire, or that urge when when things are going well and sometimes we need that big kick in the ass whether it is our fault or not, it, that we, sometimes we just need that big kick in the ass to to make a transition. You talked about how there was that period when you, and you take accountability for finding yourself kind of in this dark place. What do you do now differently to ensure that you don't, you don't ever go back into a dark place or a tough place?
1: First and foremost, uh, my soul is lit, brother. I, I'm answering my assignment. Um, I'm doing what I was born to do, why I'm here in regards to what, what I think, believe God's mission is for me. And that's to inspire a hell of a lot of people on, on the grandest scale and, and help them understand about reinvention and worthiness and, and stepping into their assignment and so forth. So, now it's like, if there's a stressful situation, it's not like it was a few years back, right? Because a few years back when you get strung out, okay, what are some things I'm grateful for? You feel a little bit better, but then it, the next day it's back to it again and you're going to a job you don't like, and so to speak. So now when things happen, it's no longer a month or a week or even a day. It's just a moment. And I just make the conscious effort to realize that I have a choice of what I'm available for and what I'm not. I am not available for negativity. Does that mean that I have to set boundaries now with what I associate myself with? Yeah, it does. But no one or or nothing has a whole pass to be in your life forever. And I'm available for what can go right. I think far too many people are more available for what can go wrong. And they're, they're stuck in fear of what people might think and they don't get going. So I make the choice what I'm available for. And also, this is a tangible strategy is I am obsessed with feeding myself positive thoughts because I understand science. And the reality is, is that most of our thoughts over the course of the day are negative. But here's the power of the second thought. We can choose a new thought. And by choosing a more empowering thought, we can elevate our frequency or our vibe or our state or our consciousness. And when you're in a higher elevated state, you become a vibrational match for all the good stuff out there and it starts to get momentum. So I'm very proactive with feeding myself positivity all day long, brother. We call it staying mentally fit.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Me me too. I'm all about it. You give me some of the, what are you? what are the things that you do on a regular basis for uh, to feed yourself positive thought? Is it books? Is it podcasts? Is it YouTube videos? What are the different things that you do?
1: all the above, but specifically thoughts. like I am worthy, I am a gladiator, I am resourceful, I can do this, you know what I'm saying? I am creative, I am Mm -hmm. resilient. And then yeah, so I'm always consuming new content for two reasons, number one, I love it, it makes me a better human being, and number two, now literally it's my livelihood, so yeah. it's important for me to always be learning and growing so that I can take new information and pour it back to the community and the podcast listeners and all that stuff. So all day long, brother, I, and just to be clear, I'm human. There are moments when I'll be feeling some type of way or something happens, but ultimately I practice awareness. I have to be conscious. Why is this thing making me feel some type of way? Is it triggering some sort of insecurity? Is it really the thing or is it something I feel about myself? And then I have to do the work. But just to be clear for, for your audience, like I've interviewed some of the world's greats. Nobody is exempt from negative thoughts or waking up sometimes big, oh, you know, I'm not in the mood to go to the gym today. But the greats, the juggernauts, the legends that I've associated myself with, they revert back to their standards that they set over their feelings. So whereas amateurs go by their feelings, the pros, they play by their standards that they set. So if you set your alarm for 4 a.m. tomorrow because you wanted to go for that run before you deadlift or squat or whatever it is that you're doing, when you wake up tomorrow at 4 and you're a little bit tired, it doesn't matter because you revert back to the standard that you held for yourself the night before. Mm,
0: that's so good. That's so good. I love um, I, I love hearing people like Ed Milet talk about that. I, lo- I love diving into Ed Milet's content. and but choose And I think what you said, two different things that I want to acknowledge, that I think are very practical. We all have thoughts that come in. One, you can realize that the, th- you, the thought comes in, but you don't have to choose to stay on that thought. You can choose a, h- a higher frequency thought. You can choose a more positive thought to then replace it with. And then the other thing that you would acknowledge that was really good was when a thought comes in or you're feeling some type of way, you can ask yourself why and be curious and then identify what it is that you can then work on. I think like those two different things are very strategical. It's like choose a different positive thought to channel your energy towards and then ask yourself why you're feeling some type of way and then work on it.
1: That's it, you nailed it brother. So beautifully articulated. And this is an eight figure conversation right now. Anyone that's listening, if, if they just begin to apply these tactics that you and I are speaking about, they'll immediately enhance their life and the lives of everybody around them. So I'm so glad that you brought that up.
0: Mm, yeah, man, that's good. That's good. Well, I want to talk about so when you made the transition initially, I think that oftentimes when we make an initial transition. There are things that arise, things that come up that we just could not have anticipated because we just were not in that space before. We have we hadn't experienced anything like that before. And so I'm interested for you: is there anything that was came up kind of out of nowhere that was unanticipated that you had to really find a way to work through early on? We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-Week Transformation. At Best U, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before, they've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-Week Transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say.
2: I cannot say enough good things about the 10-Week Transformation Challenge. Before I started the program, I was just feeling kind of cruddy. I had put on some weight, I was working out frequently, but my clothes didn't fit well. I didn't I didn't feel my best self. I didn't feel confident. And I knew I wanted to make a change. I knew I wanted to be healthier. And I knew I needed to do something different in order for that to happen. So the things about the program I found most helpful are two things, the accountability. I love not only Nick's accountability, but also the group accountability. And walking alongside other people who are also working towards goals and are supportive and encouraging. Secondly, Nick's intention and the energy with which he leads is amazing. He is invested in each and every person in the program and working with them to meet their individual goals. I walked away from the program having lost weight, which was a big part of why I started. I also walked away with confidence and I'm a closer version of my best me for myself, for my husband, for my kids. And that to me is really big. That is just a really, really important to me and the confidence that I'm walking away with. And I feel better. I feel better physically. I feel better mentally. I feel better emotionally because it's all just so, so connected. So I just really encourage you if you're considering the program to reach out to schedule a phone call because it is one of the best investments that i made in myself in the last year and i'm beyond grateful for this program and all that it has to offer
1: look uh as any great entrepreneur will tell you you better get real comfortable with unforeseen unpredictability coming your way because that's what it is and if you're not cut out for that you'll never be able to get ahead so i understood from right from the beginning that i don't know what i don't know And so I started surrounding myself with people that were necessarily better than me, but were a little bit further ahead, right? You mentioned Ed, Sean Gordon, Dave Meltzer, and all these people and so forth. And I just started to think differently. And I really started to up my game. That being said, there's always unforeseen obstacles and challenges and adversity that plagues every single entrepreneur. And you will have the darkest of moments. Trust me, there will be times when you're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Can I really do this? All that stuff. But the reality is, is as an entrepreneur, what makes you great is your ability to be a problem solver, right? And to navigate the choppy waters, so to speak. So yes, there's always going to be stuff that you didn't foresee. In regards to CLS, I was very strategic and intentional with every single thing I did. You never know how exactly everything will plan out, but I'm very selective and and very specific with who I collaborate with, what we do, with the content that puts out. You asked me if, if anything that I did not see coming. I'll give you a good thing. I can't think of anything too negative right now, but I wanted to write a book. It was on the whiteboard, but, but I it wasn't a priority. I didn't want to, for whatever reason, I didn't want to self-publish one. I, I wanted to have a major publishing house behind me, kind of like a studio for a movie. So I wasn't in a rush. I, I just, I married the process, divorced the outcome, and I just grind and, and extend the reach and add value each and every single day. And as you're available and you're doing great things, Wiley came to us uh, and we negotiated from what I understand is a record first time author book deal. So why did that happen? Because it was on the whiteboard. So I set the intention. But it was because I was available. And I was just bearing the process. But I was showing up each and every single day, adding value, putting myself out there. And then we attracted that. So I know you were looking for an obstacle. But that was a really good unforeseen thing that came a little bit earlier than I anticipated.
0: No, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if I was looking for an obstacle or a good thing, but I think the fact that you brought that up is is good. I think oftentimes we feel like we need to have all the answers of how we're going to find success before we take that leap of faith. And it's like, hey, you're not like the answer might come a little bit later and, and it might be an unanticipated positive that might come up, so that's awesome. First off, congrats, man! That's super cool. I'm excited to. Uh, what what's uh what's your timeline? If you if you care to share or are allowed to share,
1: I already handed in the manuscript. They just got back to us with the, with the first round of edits, so now we have to address those, and, and then we're off to the races. The book is called "The Reinvention Formula," uh, and and most likely will be out. I would say probably summertime 2023.
0: Oh, let's go, let's go. What did um, what was different, I guess, about The execution of the book writing process compared to anything that you've done in the past that required more of you and demanded
1: more of you. It's interesting because I'm all about inner expectations. I hold myself to a very high standard and I take pride in in outworking everyone and and all that great stuff. But when you have an outside, outer expectation deadline for a major publishing house, that's a whole different type of expectation, so to speak. And so it's funny, I started writing the book and I thought I was off to the races. And then I converted it to my Word doc and I counted the words and it was only 6,000. And we had to get to 50. I was like, oh shit, you know? So I came up with a process in the month of December. I basically came up with this. Every morning I'm gonna wake up at four. And for the first hour, hour and a half, of every single day, I'm gonna write about 1,000 to 1,500 words. Whatever, however many words that is. And I'm not even gonna look. I'm just gonna keep writing day by day by day. I ended up getting in a, unbelievable, special groove, a ton of momentum. I banged this thing out, could have wrote more, if I'm being honest, and I gave birth to something really special. I'm so proud of this. And I didn't know what to expect. It's my first time doing it. So you, I couldn't tie you know confidence to experience with this, but I love it. I, you can't guarantee commercial success and stuff like that, but I can tell you this, this is different. I apply a lot of my life lessons and, and stories and what I went through and how that's applicable. What are the lessons to extract for other situations as opposed to maybe just a, a business book of principles and so forth. So I really got in a groove. I loved it. And the coolest part is, is it's, we can duplicate this for the next book. So yeah. I'm excited about it.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Man. good for you. And, and love the freaking discipline to get up and write for an hour, an hour and a half every morning uh, to st- to kind of stay on that same topic. So you said basically from the time that you created the CLS experience from COVID, it's been about three years. And from what you can understand, you feel like you had uh, a record breaking uh, book deal with this company is something that is not, it's kind of unheard of. If you had to dispel it down to three things as to why you were able to get a really good book deal in such a relatively quick amount of time, short amount of time, then what would you say those three things were that would that kind of led you to being able to kind of achieve that goal, if you will?
1: Yeah, so it was it hasn't even been three years, but it's a little over two, believe it or not. And I'm so humbled by that. Sometimes I need to do a better job at taking a second and just being whoa, uh, and really being mindful. Because you don't want to always push the goalpost back. You want to enjoy the journey. And I'm working on that. In regards to the book deal, Ed Mylett, Uncle Ed, who's a good friend of mine, he's been on the show a couple of times and so forth. He had a massive success with his book, with Wiley, and they were looking for the next Ed Mylett, so to speak. I'm not saying I'm him, but there's been some comparisons. Uh, And look, timing is everything, right? In addition to me showing up each and every single day, being available, doing great work, we've built a really, really big, but most important, loyal and engaged audience. A lot of people have a lot of fake followers. Our audience is very engaging, which means it's a real community. Uh, And then also manifesting, right? The power of intention and then shape-shifting energy and just detaching from the outcome and doing the work. Um, And it was on the whiteboard, the law of attraction, but I I wasn't putting up so much energy towards it that I was actually causing a blockage. I set the intention, I divorced from it, and then I just continued to show up and be available and keep extending the reach and making more of an impact and making great relationships and so forth. So that, in addition to timing, being everything, brother.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, showing up consistently, setting the intention, the timing, so many many different good things there. Uh, Well, before that, I ask the last question, Craig. I just want to acknowledge you, man. I want to acknowledge you for, one, having the leap of faith to make the transition out of your comfortable Wall Street job into creating the CLS experience and working for yourself because I know that is such a – huge move especially when you're coming from something that is relatively comfortable and I want to acknowledge you for doing that and then I want to acknowledge you for the constant day in day out week in week out month in month out year in year out over the last two plus years to build the CLX, CLS experience experience into what it is today and congrats on the book on the book deal and I know it's going to absolutely be a huge success and, and there's going to be more to come so I want to acknowledge you for all that man great work
1: thank you brother I appreciate that receive that
0: Of course. Well, you guys, I know you're going to be fired up from listening to this interview. So you guys need to make sure you go follow Craig on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. You need to go make sure you listen to the CLS Experience podcast. You need to uh, go to his website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, and we'll have all of that stuff in the show notes. And then most importantly, in the summer, you need to make sure you go get the reinvention formula. It's going to be absolute fire, I know. Uh, Anything else that people should know where to go learn more and support you?
1: Uh, you nailed it, brother. If you guys are in the US, you can join our free texting community. We send out strategies and nuggets throughout the week. Text 917-634-3796. Text me the word Nick. So I know that it came from this conversation. So I can give him some acknowledgement. Uh, And then just come say hello on on all the channels. I love to interact. I love to engage. And for anyone that's fired up listening to this conversation, but they still have a little bit of unworthiness, look yourself in the mirror and say, why not you?
0: Mm, That's good. That's good. Powerful. Well, uh, Craig, last question here is I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, uh, I think it's a constant journey. I don't think that we ever reach that best version. Uh, And I also think it's a very unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So this last question is for Craig. It's for you personally. It's if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Craig Siegel that you could possibly be. And what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Being even more consistent, being even more efficient with my time, um, and just continuing to grow and scale and delegating because I take so much pride and I love what we do so much that it's hard to imagine somebody waking up tomorrow and be as excited about CLS as I am but the truth of the matter is, as the, the company explodes, to say very humbly, I'm delegating. We're growing. We just hired some great people I'm really excited about. And I want to continue to do that because surrounding yourself with, with a great support system is absolutely key. I'm working on it.
0: That's awesome, dude. Three great things. Well, y'all need to make sure you go listen to the CLS Experience podcast. Make sure you go follow Craig on Instagram, shoot him that text, and be on the lookout for the reinvention formula. Craig, that's all we got today, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir.
0: Talk about a high energy episode. Man, I hope y'all are leaving this episode on absolute fire and ready to take action and make a positive change in your life. And remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat and you want to feel more confident in your skin and you need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at nickcarrier.com for free. And remember, when deciding whether or not to take a leap of faith, we have to think about the cost of inaction. We have to think about the risk of not taking the leap of faith just as much, if not more so, than where you're trying to go. And then remember to find an arena that you can be a gladiator in. I absolutely loved that. Meaning an arena that you can take extreme action in. It doesn't have to be your end goal or your dream, but you have to get going to build some momentum. If you can allow the life that you're trying to avoid actually motivate you, if you can find an arena in which you can be a gladiator, and if you can get comfortable with unforeseen unpredictability, then you'll continue on the path closer and closer to your best you.